someone's asking about the Mr. Irrelevant. And what I've got my sight set on is Mr. Irrelevant. When I first got it, you're thinking, man, Mr. Irrelevant. Man, I don't want to be that guy. Okay, welcome to Mr.'s Irrelevant, an NFL podcast with your boy, Pod Drew. Actually, I guess welcome to Movies Are Relevant, a film podcast. There's Movies. a question mark right at the end of every word in that sentence, which yes. is only fair because I thought we were here to give the people that DIY indie girl punk podcast that we've been promising them. Um, yeah, well, I think I've been promising you that, Eric, but... I've been lying. I'm not really going to let you do that. I mean, you can do it on your own. Why was I at a concert at 3 a.m. yesterday? I was There's preparing for this pun. Well, till 3 a.m. What, what was the show? <sighs> You're not. It was a band called Thank You For Coming and another band called... Um, holy shit. They were sports. Now they are Remember Sports. And then uh, next long, year they'll be the artist formerly known as Sports. Okay. So it didn't start with Holy Shit. No, no, no. No, Holy Shit was not on the uh, on, not on the, not on the venue. Bill. Not on the marquee. Okay. Well, no, I, I thought we were going to talk movies today. I mean, look, normally, you know, me, Padre, you, Eric, a.k.a. Young Spooky, a.k.a. Young Clavicle, a.k.a. Football's Over, we, we normally, like, do, like, a real dry NFL podcast, like, really break it down, X's, O's, mm-hmm. formation. No nonsense. Co- uh, so we run through the coaching tree. No nonsense. So today we're just going to do that with 2017 movies and, like, the Academy Awards and stuff. So, like, super, really breaking down these screenplays. Like, how would you break down a, a movie? Like, yeah, I mean... Screenplay? Well, I was like, I was thinking, yeah, like, yeah, X's yeah. and O's, I don't know, what's like that? By the way, all that's going to happen is that we will be reading the screenplays for the uh, nominated films to to you, yeah, uh, our audience. It's going to be a 25-hour podcast. No, it's, that's that's fine. I uh, I thought I was going to get to tell you about this lovely Drake cover that, uh, that thank you for coming played but uh God. no 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 now i uh, just gotta throw on my daniel day lewdness mask and uh let's do this young daniel, daniel day, day lewdness in the house lewdness okay that's your that's your new nickname oh, okay i like it dd lewdness uh, yeah normally on on the football show we got our boy she said marvin's in the cube here with us he's actually away on paternity leave from the podcast we, he's got a, a young a young cheese head in the house we'll be uh we'll be paying him for two months to uh you know just take care of his family a young cheese head <clears throat> boy so congrats to him though. I'll say congrats to him, and uh, he doesn't like watch movies anyway. So I don't think he would be much use on this particular episode. I believe we confirmed on the final um, 2017 Mysteries Irrelevant that uh, the last movie he saw was American Sniper, and I think he did confirm that. So <laughs> I think he said he did see Get Out, but that was already like over a year since that came mm, out. Yeah. But spoiler alert! So we're going to talk about that. That was a big movie last year. Yeah, so we're going to talk. What movies we liked, I guess, from the last year, maybe didn't like. I know, Eric, you like to throw around some uh, negative opinions from time to time. I don't talk any shit, and frankly, I am offended that, yeah, no, Guillermo del Toro can suck my dick, but okay, let's, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get spoiler to alert. But yeah, we want to talk, like, specifically about the Oscars, I guess, since they're coming up. When are they, like, ne- two weeks from now? Three weeks yeah, from now, they're on March Next week, I don't know. Fourth? Yeah, they're on March 4th. Okay, so that's, like, two, probably... Uh, it's 
next a week weekend. from Sunday as of this recording. Do you normally watch this these award shows or like the Oscars specifically? I do. We kind of turned it into a post Super Bowl, you know, Sunday gathering with my uh, football friends. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really keep track a little bit. I don't necessarily always sit down and watch like the, you know start to finish. Right, they're long as fuck. But uh, I remember last year I was watching at the end of uh, when they called Best Picture, and then they. Literally, it was probably one of the crazier things I've All seen time. on live TV, where they called the wrong name. The other people, what they said it was for La La Land, when Moonlight really won. I'm sorry, no, this, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, best picture. And then, and then Warren Beatty the just coming back to be like, it wasn't my fault. I want you to know it wasn't my fault. Yeah, he threw Faye Dunaway under the bus, which it was kind of. So it was, they were uh, the, the classic Bonnie and Clyde actors, like 50 year anniversary of that or something. I think that's why they're doing it. Oh, yeah, I didn't even and, think about uh, that. Yeah, and then they, I guess the envelope said Emma Stone, Lala, who won for La La Land, and they just fucked up and put that envelope back in there. Oh, they had her. And then, so they were confused, so they just said La La Land 1, when they should have said, like, oh, we had the wrong envelope. Oh, We didn't get an Emma Stone movie. Emma Stone rules. I, I thought she deserved to, to win. I don't remember who who was with her in the group last year for, what, supporting actress, but... Yeah, I, I don't really but she was good, I remember She's great. Movie. The movie caught some type of backlash. I, I, well, I don't think it was good. too bad. It wasn't, it was it wasn't okay. bad, but... I'm not I'm really a musical fan, but it didn't have that many songs in it. Like, it, was, it wasn't that much of a musical, in my opinion, so I kind of liked it. Yeah, and a lot of the original music was, like, not good, so... Yeah, yeah, no, the music wasn't really good or anything, but I did, I did like Emma Stone's performance, I remember that. Yeah, least. she's always, always Um, But anyway, that's 2016 stuff. We're over it. But just to say, like, it was pretty crazy what happened last year. I don't... There's no way something like that's gonna happen again. It's absolutely gonna happen. They're going to... Three billboards is going to be called up, and then they're going to have to tell Get Out the Get Out one. Okay, so so it'll be the same. I tried to pick, like, analogous. Yeah, movie. I see what you're doing there. Moonlight won that year, and that was a good movie. I liked it. Did you see that one? I actually haven't seen Moonlight yet. I don't know why I it's haven't. It's on Amazon, Amazon Prime streaming, yeah. It's good. It's like the I, I enjoyed the conceit of the movie. It kind of shows this guy's life from three different time periods which is not that yeah yeah familiar. I haven't yeah. seen people that said it was wonderful I just uh, I don't movie before. yeah I just don't load my Amazon app uh, that often it mm-hmm. it seemed important is there an app for that I don't know I should get the app I, I watch oh, it on, on PlayStation. desktop oh okay got it got it cause Netflix you can watch it I'm watching that on my phone yeah 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 so get the app there and so I, I wrote down all, all the nominees for best picture best director and, and the four acting categories so we could go through it but uh I'll read off all the Best Picture nominees, and I'm going to ask you how many you've seen. All right, so there's... They did this thing, like... When I was growing up, I remember there was five nominees for Best Picture. They expanded it to ten a couple years ago in order to get some, like, more fan favorites in. Except Um, they have nine this year, so what's... They can't just fill out ten. Yeah, yeah. if there wasn't a tenth, like, great movie the Academy thought, thinks... But they don't do that with... uh, They don't do it with any of the actors. It's still five and director, like, what? I think so. No, it is. I mean, it must be, because the rest only have five, so... I don't see what the point. Why don't they? It should be like maybe there should be a limit of ten or fifteen or whatever. But like if there was seven great acting performances, they should mm-hmm, mm-hmm, let mm-hmm. nominate seven. It's kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean these award shows anyway are kind of like you know 
there's going to be complaints. They're not going to get stuff mm-hmm. right, but... Well, awards don't matter. This is just, like... Yeah, it's just Hollywood jerking each other off. Yeah, basically. And we all get to argue. Okay. Uh, have this little... <laughs> and that's a good... Se- little proxy war. <laughs> good Go segue for the first nominee, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, we're going to argue about it. No, no, I said... I was just saying the... Uh, oh, no, I'm sure. going to read off all the nominees <laughs> but because I said jerking off. Never mind. Uh, so here, here's all the nominees in alphabetical order. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out... Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, comma, Missouri. Missouri? Missouri. Uh, is that, you know, I know you're a Southern, do they pronounce it Missouri down there? Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Okay. Are you upset that the movie wasn't, like, two billboards outside of uh, Pine Bluff, Arkansas? No. I, mean, I should remember one of those cool, of the game I played the one time Bald where I got the... knob, my dude. <laughs> like... like one signpost outside Bald Knob, Arkansas. <laughs> that's that's a sequel. Nah, the last good movie set in Arkansas was Mud, and it rules. Oh, that's a good movie. I yeah. Like the Maconnaissance, they called that when he had a bunch of good movies like for a couple of years there. I think that was the first one, yeah. It was real good. It was up there. Um, okay, so of those movies I just read, there's only two of these films that I have not seen, because I'm quite a, a classic cinephile. I know you are as well. Mm-hmm, you have quite, your yes. movie pass thing, so I, I watch these movies at home. Like I, get, I find the screener online and watch them for free. Like, you just pirate them essentially but you uh i know you have this movie pass thing where you can get like uh, my brother has this as well so he's yeah. always going to a bunch of movies uh, i don't know if we want to advertise for them if they're not paying us but no, yeah they're not. Like, but, but like the gist is like you can, yeah you, know, you pay a monthly fee and then yeah, you, just you just see a movie a day for free. free so before i get into to what you've seen can you guess there's two movies i haven't seen can you guess which two of those are uh you didn't see darkest hour or shape of water okay you're, you're one for two i did not see darkest hour mm. frankly Really not interested to see it. I don't think a single human being saw Darkest Hour. I don't even, like, I think we're being trolled. Someone's gaslighting us with this, Uh, but continue. I don't know. And then, uh, well, you know know that I saw uh, Phantom Thread because we briefly talked about it on on the football podcast. And I told you I saw Call Me By Your Name. Now, the other one I haven't seen was The Post. Uh, Oh, It's like... My brother saw it. He said he gave it a thumb. Or he just said it was like a... eh. Like a real yeah, movie, I'm just like movie. It is what I, you think I it don't is. really consider it worth talking about. Although I would will. Um, okay. yeah, like, it was boring and dumb, and Meryl Streep's incredible, and she's probably going to win that award. Um, she's and nominated. it will be an absolute crime when Sears well, Roebuck doesn't. She's going to win, but all right, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, the all right, how many of these movies have you not seen on the list? I haven't seen Three Billboards or Darkest Hour. Uh, everything else. Okay, so we both yeah, we're seven. both seven for nine. Yeah. Well. Of those movies, five of the directors were nominated, which was Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, PTA for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. And I think he's a favorite. Maybe he's just like a really lovable guy. I don't think any of his movies are that well directed. I, I certainly don't find them interesting. Uh, I didn't enjoy the fish sex movie. Yeah, um, we'd start off, I guess, with with talking about that one. Yes, let's do that. Um, but but just in terms of these directors, I would say the other four, the first four I named, I agree. Guillermo del Toro doesn't deserve it. For Shape of Water, the other I would be fine with any of the other ones winning. Honestly, I am going to tell you that Paul Thomas Anderson is our best working director, and I I think yeah. that I literally believe that. And he, it is an absolute crime that he does, doesn't already have one of these awards. Yeah. Um, um, we, we should recognize greatness when we have it. Like, LeBron wins MVPs. 
Yeah, but then for a while he doesn't cause because he's bored. Get tired but, of but Paul Thomas Anderson never won any. No, not yet. yet. All right. Well, and, and Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele are both debut debuts. I think so. Those were debuts. They just will to definitely get nominated, have good. more chances. Uh, Christopher Nolan. I kind of think like in terms of like the hardest directing of literal directing job is probably him. Well, because they used actual airplanes, right? For the scale right? of Dunkirk, what he did, yeah. I think they used actual everything. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a lot. It was certainly a kind of achievement. Um, it's kind of hard to compare some of these, because, like, Christopher Nolan doing this huge scale war recreation, yeah. and then, like, Greta Gerwig is, like, driving around Sacramento. But it's still a really well-directed movie. But, right, right. Uh, yeah, it's not, so, it's so hard to, like... Yeah. Uh, but, all right, well, let's talk about The Shape of Water. I was... Well, about Guillermo del Toro in general, I do like him as a director for the most part. I mean... Penn's really? Labyrinth, I think, is a really good movie. I, I would probably say that's his best movie that I've seen. You don't like it? I was young when I saw it. And my, my tastes weren't as, like, refined and impeccable as they are now. It's just, like, eh. It's creepy. I don't remember anything happening. I didn't care for the, like, for the gentleman with the eyes in his hands. Like, mm-hmm. ugh, no. That's, that's, it, that's it, our it boy, uh, what's his name, that, that's in all these movies. He's the fish man in this movie, um... Is that a... He's a Hellboy. He's in all these Gilmore what Tour movies name? where he does... Uh, it's, uh, I'll think of it in a second. Is that Andy Serkis? No, it's not Andy Serkis. So Andy Serkis does the stop motion stuff, or like he does the animated mm-hmm. stop motion stuff. This guy does all like the um, dressed up and, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like like the Fishman in this movie. Costner. Or the guy in Hellboy. Which cool. Hellboy is also a movie I think is okay. Like, he played the Fishman in Hellboy, right? Yeah, Abe Sapien, I think. <sighs> uh, Doug Jones is the actor's name. And he and I found out recently he was there's these old commercials called Mac Tonight for like this McDonald's thing. Oh god. Uh so like in the eighties I think and maybe early nineties or whatever, they had this character called Mac Tonight, which is like a play a, a play on Mac of the Knife. And it was oh my like god. A, it was like a moon man uh like a moon face, like a moon head. And he was like this popular McDonald's commercial character, and that's where this guy got his start and he was like 20 or whatever. That's fucking bonkers. Uh, Give him the award then. People probably, yeah, well, he's not nominated. It's it's director. Yeah, The the Shape of Water, like, when I watched it, I was like, I didn't, like, hate it too much or anything. There's a couple parts I really thought were dumb, but overall, like, I saw someone else describe it as a kind of like a Disney movie for adults. Like, it's very, like, um... I thought that was an apt description. Just not something I really needed, necessarily. Well, it's just like Michael Shannon's character. That's Michael Shannon, right? Yeah, the Michael villain. Shannon. It, yeah. He's an absolute he's nothing burger. Uh, ex, ex, excuse the overused expression. Uh, Michael Shannon rules, but that character sucks. It, 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 he, he is nothing. He's a he's completely one note. Well, he's he's good at what he does. Like He's doing the Michael Shannon kind of thing. Sure. So sure. there was scenes with him where I, I, I liked it. Like The best scene I thought was when he was... Of, with him was when he was having sex with his wife and he had those gross like fingers and he's like pushing it in her face that i was like that, that's a good look like there's no reason that necessarily needed to be in the movie other yeah. than like more character development kind of but i was like i, I like the scene really em- emblematic of what and then he wants like the woman to be silent so he's like attracted to the main character because she's mute i mm-hmm, guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i don't need to see the general from tosca played over and over again uh is is mostly my problem like I would, I would like for, like, someone to write an original villain. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but because it, it, it was, like, a Disney movie for adults, it was very... It like, absolutely uh, was. And it's really wish fulfilling in that way. Yeah. Um, and also, it's... Ab- again, I keep using the word. It's absolutely criminal that Octavia Spencer is yeah, resigned so, to these roles over and over again where she's just a maid to a white woman. I believe she was nominated. Um, she is, but, which I thought was pretty undeserved, in my opinion. There's nothing she didn't have too anything special to do. about that role. She's just great. 
she's not a, a maid to a white woman. I mean, she she and uh, you know what I mean. Sally Hawkins were black sidekick character. Yeah, I guess they're like maids for this company or whatever or whatever they were janitors, kind of yeah. basically. It was took place in what the fifties or the sixties. And then Richard, well, I, I might as well look at the, all the nom- There's a lot of nominations for this movie. Richard Jenkins is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And he's good. He does his thing, too. He's fine. He's, he's fine. I did like the one cut where they showed, like, um, he's, like, uh, has a crush on this pie-working guy or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. And, like, she's giving uh, Sally Hawkins, like, a taste of the, this piece of pie. And she's like, it's not good. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And then, he, and then it cuts to, like, his fridge, and you just see, like, it's filled with just pieces of pie because I guess he goes there all the time. Nice. So that was probably one of my favorite kind of scenes in the movie. Like, I, I laughed at that. There's things I laughed at in this, but overall... It, was, it wasn't a terrible movie. I just hated no, it. No, it was... Yeah. The thing that annoyed me the most in the whole movie was... Well, so she's, like, in, in love with this fish man. They don't really do that good of a job, in my opinion, setting up why these two characters are into each other no no like why would she be in love with this i mean i get it she's a community she can't talk uh she doesn't have speech at least so right well she's mute so she's communic. she likes to communicate with something like doesn't talk even those scenes like the tension between them i i know like you're it's a it's a big lift to make two mute characters pop on uh, in a talkie but it didn't work no she's nominated for best actress which she She, kind of deserves it like she does a good job Especially not being able to talk. I like her in general, Sally Hawkins. Have you seen the Paddington movies, either of them? No. no I've not, I've Don't laugh. They're really movies. good, honestly. I recommend them. They're really good movies. Very charming. Mm. Better than this movie. And uh, she's like, she's in those, too. She's good. I've seen her in cool. a couple of movies. But anyway, the thing I hated the most in this that was the stupidest, in my opinion, was... So they take the, the fish man home. All right, she starts banging it. Whatever, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then she goes back to work with Octavia Spencer, and Octavia Spencer starts asking her about it. And, like, makes the what I would consider a, a huge leap right away to know that her friend is, like, banging this fish thing they saved and took home. Right, like, I just Doesn't, don't... like, rolls with it completely. They start talking about his dick or whatever, like, uh, how it works. Yeah. Isn't that... Am I wrong, or is that not, like, an astounding leap for Octavia Spencer to... Uh, it was correct, but still, like, an astounding leap to make that that's what's going on here. Yeah, it's just, like... <laughs> Del Toro movies are really sloppy in that way. Like Crimson Peak, which is like elided detail after detail and totally carried by the performance of Jessica Chastain and absolutely nothing else. That movie sucked. But yeah, stuff like that happens in a Del Toro movie. Like he's very broad scope. I just want to tell my French fairy tale. Uh, I've said fairy tale too many times now, but yeah, yeah, I'm over this movie. We should stop talking about it. All right. But I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was the dumbest thing. Okay, so, but yeah, there's a lot of nominations. I think, apparently, Guillermo del Toro is a favorite to win. Might win Best Picture. He absolutely... If Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't win, we will talk about Phantom Thread at some point. Uh, Yeah, we'll... we'll If Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't win, I will... I I take to the streets. Okay, so you haven't seen Three Billboards, you said? Uh, No, I haven't. That's been winning other awards, I guess. There's a lot of backlash on this movie, which I don't completely get, really. I, I mean, I don't think it deserves to win Best Picture... I don't think necessarily think it needs to be nominated. It needed to be nominated, but it's not a bad movie. I don't think like it's it's basically a dark black comedy, which it, it does well. I mean, it, it it is what it is. It's by the director of In Bruges. Have you seen that movie with Colin In Farrell? Bruges is my favorite movie. Okay, so and you haven't seen this? this is the same director? Yeah, I wasn't interested in it at all. I read reviews first, and um, the problems that reviewers had are going to be my problems with it if I see it. Like, I, I know I, I know that it's not even original thought, but, like, I don't want 
to see a movie like about this imagined platonic ideal America, even even one that is fa- coming apart at the seams in the way that this director like seems to think that America is falling apart. Yeah. Um, well, he's not American, so I think he's Irish. So yeah, he's, yeah. It's an outside. It's definitely um, an outside perspective, which isn't in and of itself a bad thing, but just the way he imagines yeah. the heartland working, like, bitch, I'm from there. Yeah. So I I could see the problem with that. Yeah. Some and some of the dialogue in this is definitely kind of in that direction or it's kind of like it's it's kind of like a movie also maybe like Shape of Water you just kind of have to go with it. You, you you see what the director is going for and you just go with it yeah. uh, but so I saw some criticism that it's trying to like redeem racists or things like that which well, I don't agree it's with not in it's not a problem that it redeems the Sam Rockwell character. But it doesn't even redeem him, to be honest. Like, right. You okay. haven't seen the movie, so I'm telling you, like, it really, if, if you watch this movie and you think, like, it's a redemption story for this guy, like, I don't know if you're watching the same movie as I did. Like, it's not Ugh, a case. I'm just going to have to see it. Yeah, you should. I mean, it's, it, it redeems him in the sense maybe that, like, he's kind of a better person then, but not really. Like, the, I, I don't want to, I guess I won't spoil the end of the movie for you, but, like, it doesn't really leave him in it doesn't really give him any like wins as a character. It doesn't and it, and what he's what he and the Francis McDormand character are gonna do at the end of the movie is not like a good thing either. So are they gonna do it? No, they're not gonna do it. Okay. They're they're going. I mean, it's uh, you haven't seen it, it's too complicated to explain. Yeah. So some of the parts of this movie, yeah, I was kind of rolling my eyes at some of the things, but uh, it was it's really well acted. Um, yeah, she's nominated for best actress. I don't want her to win, but I think she's going to. Um, she's the favorite, I think, Frances McDormand, who's a great actress. There's one part of the movie where she, I will spoil this, she back-to-back kicks two high school kids in the crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, a boy first, and then a girl, which I've never seen that in a movie, like a grown woman kicking a, a high school girl in the crash, which I, I thought was pretty funny, to be honest. Mm. And there's, like, a third character next to him, another boy, he's, like, starts, like, oh, he thinks he's gonna get it, and then she just walks away. Uh, yeah. Her son in the movie is the actor from Lady Bird. The uh, who's he's a good actor. Um, the 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 first not boyfriend? Chalamet, the right. first one. Yeah, the, the the one who's gay. Yeah, he's good. So yeah, I don't know. I guess I won't talk much more about it. But there's parts of it I definitely liked and, and I thought were funny. I haven't seen it, and based on the criticisms I've read of it, like I don't yeah, like you, to win. You might not things, not like but it. but if you look at a movie like In Bruges, which again the same director, it, it's a similar style to that in terms of the script and everything. It's definitely like right. I, I, th- I could definitely tell that it's by the same guy. So I don't know. And Woody Harrelson, I'll point out, him and Sam Rockwell are nominated for best supporting actor. They I thought care. Woody Harrelson was bad, probably my favorite performance in the movie. I, I liked him a lot, actually. I like a good Harrelson performance. I, yeah, I'm just going to see it. Okay. So then we've got... I don't know how long we're going to go on this pod here. I could probably talk about this for a couple hours, which we don't have time for, but... Maybe a two-parter. But, uh, yeah, maybe we will, because I wanted to talk about some movies that weren't nominated, but what about... All right, so the post you've seen, I haven't. We don't really need to talk more about that. I really but, don't want to talk more about it. it Meryl Streep's nominated. I don't think she'll win, but she she's like an automatic nomination. Yeah, I mean, if she's in a movie... I mean, that fucking Ricky and the Flash, didn't she get nominated for that? That was terrible. No, I don't think she... I mean, okay. she, even no, she no, didn't no, get nominated the one where she that. was the old lady who couldn't say. Yeah, yes, that's that's what it was, yeah. But she if she's in a, a movie that's... Not a complete joke like Ricky and the Flash that's yeah. going to get nominated. Also, uh, I kind of like and heard. I, I think Denzel's almost entering Streep territory at this point because he's nominated well, for a movie I, that's not nominated for Best Picture that I don't. I don't know the title written down. It's like Roman something or other. It's like a movie like no one's. I've heard that that movie sucked and that Denzel is still magnificent in it as he is in everything. So he is kind of like the male Meryl Streep at this point. I, I, is that I can see that. Comparison? I mean, we don't get a lot of Julia Roberts performances, but, yeah. uh, so yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, Julia Roberts. I mean, what? she would be Meryl Streep. Like, well, she, she wouldn't be the male. <laughs> I'm talking about that. Yeah. No, I'm saying she would. She would have taken that Meryl Streep mantle. Like, she was getting nominated for everything. Then she oh, stopped. Yeah. But she's movies. clearly not uh, on the same talent level. Like, I don't. Of Meryl Streep or Den- of Denzel Washington. No way. Like, I'm if, I, if I see Denzel, Denzel may be the best living actor. Here, here. Uh, I'll forget Denzel. Just talking about Meryl Streep, like. She's an actress, like, obviously everyone praises her, but she, she like, really embodies the characters in, in a lot of the movies she's in. Like, I don't, like, see her. I see the character. I've never watched a movie with Julia Roberts in it and not thought, oh, that's Julia Roberts on screen. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't, she's no chameleon. She doesn't, like... Oh, uh, I accept that. And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of like that, too, where he's... Uh, I, I never, like, see him. I see, like, the character, but... Well, notoriously. But he's more out of the spotlight anyway in general, I guess. So, yeah, so Darkest Hour, the, the favorite is Gary Oldman, I think, for Best Actor, which neither of us saw, right? No, I, I didn't see it. He'll probably won't. win because he put on old man makeup. And Congratulations. I guess he's like an old man at this point. But he put on fat man makeup. I obviously haven't seen it, but I doubt he, he's the best performance. Honestly, the best... We're running out of movies that I didn't love, so... Okay. Well, before... All right, I'm going to slide in one movie that's not nominated for anything since we're talking Best Actor mm. a little bit. Honestly, if I had to vote, at least of someone who's not nominated Best Acting Performance I've seen all year, which is not an actor I knew much about. He's a very famous actor because of these Twilight movies, I guess, which I haven't seen any. But Robert Pattinson, you know this guy? Mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie Good Time? No, no. Which is now on Amazon as well, I just noticed. So Is that the Safety Brothers movie? It is, yeah. Okay. I, no, I didn't highly see recommend this movie. It, it, it's, it may be my pick for best movie I've seen all year. It's, it's definitely up there. His performance is incredible in it, I think. Talk about, like, he's a lead character. He basically, basically plays, like, a scumbag type of guy, but a uh, New York guy. But, like, in, embodying a role, and he did it amazingly, in my opinion. I definitely just saw this character. I didn't know this this actor that much to begin with, even though I recognize his face, obviously. But I haven't seen him do much. But he is, yeah, he's incredible and good. Good time. This movie should definitely should have at least been nominated for best now, soundtrack's not a award, right? But what is it? Uh, what's the music one? Um, score. Best score, yeah. yeah. Which I don't think it was nominated for anything. It, the score is incredible in this movie. It's, cool. like, it's definitely like a roller coaster ride type of movie. Some movies you see where you're just like you're in it the whole time, like. A roller coaster, I guess, it's like a common thing to say, but it's like a, a thrill ride of a movie almost. Cool, cool. Here for hard, it. hard charging, make you make you sweat a little bit. Speaking, he of... he does one thing in it where one of the times I watched a movie this past year, where I was like sh- actually shocked at what happened. So yeah, something things like that. Good time, great movie. But That's awesome. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of former stars of Twilight, I think it came out in 2016, but the best movie I saw in the actual year 2017 was Personal Shopper, which I saw on a plane. That's Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Is, she is incredible when given to a director who knows how to okay. use her. Olivia Isaias rules, uh, but continue. I've heard that's a good movie. I haven't watched it yet, but she's like very like always kind of dower is that the right word she's very like uh not doesn't have a lot of emotion usually so people love to say that because she's not been given any lines or like direction i mean she did fucking twilight and then she did i think her face just looks like that naturally her face looks like that but she's in complete control of her face like she's great in clouds of sills marilla she's I, I guess I haven't seen that many of her movies. She's like thunderous, like lightning strike good uh, in just the very small moments of Personal Shopper. Yeah, she she's so so impressive. Uh, great movie. Okay. Continue. All right, so yeah, none of us. I'm back to the best picture list. Dunkirk. I don't have that much to say about it. I liked it. I probably this is the one movie I wish I would have seen on the big screen, which I didn't. So yeah, me too. That was kind of a misstep. You didn't see it on the big screen either. No. Uh, 
Uh, it probably even change my opinion. Maybe I'd like it even more. I, I did like it. It's. I don't think it should win Best Picture. Like Absolutely. I said, I'm, I'm fine if he wins Best Director because I do think it was a great direction job. So um, he's like, I love him. Major studio, like we have a lot of funding for this movie. Movies don't get made that take swings as big as the swings that he makes. Uh, and like technically, at a bare minimum, he's great at doing the one thing where like this movie's broad. Both the plot and the themes and stuff are all just, like, perfectly wrapped up in the smaller moments. Um, I mean, the Batman movies are whatever, but, um, like, yeah, Interstellar... Chris even Chris Reynolds we're talking about, of course. Yeah. Even huge messes. I um, never saw Interstellar, to be honest. I still haven't seen that one. It's a huge mess. I think really it's compelling the moment to moment. I mean, it... It's messy, but okay. he, he does that so well. The the moment at the end of Dunkirk where the the plane's just like out of gas and flying over the that beach. That was great. That I, was, lo- that I was, love that. That, that was, was a, a great shot. shot. Um, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy loves he loves doing movies where you can't see most of his face yeah. for a good for most of the movie. Like that, he's got to be the one actor that that is his face obscured, and he's a good looking guy too. So. He's probably the best actor. I just don't care for for no reason. Oh, I like him. I don't. I can't think of one movie I've seen him in where I was like, I I didn't like his performance. No, he's he's always at least good. Yeah, I really like that Mad Max movie. But yeah, his face is covered up half of that one, too. Yeah. But yeah, he's not too much. Uh, what's his name? Killian Murphy was great in, in Dunkirk, I mm-hmm. thought, in a smallish kind of role. That was pivotal. The one thing... So this was, this was almost a movie a little bit like Good Time, where it was kind of like start to finish, like really hard charging and kept you in the moment most of it. Yeah. The one part where... I guess like we probably should have said this week in the podcast. We might be doing spoilers we'll be for the ones we've seen. <laughs> I guess people will figure that out if they're listening. Because I definitely want to talk spoilers on on, on Phantom Thread. But um, uh, of Dunkirk, the one part I thought didn't work as well with the Killian Murphy character when he freaks out. Because he has like shell shock or whatever. Uh, he freaks out and the one kid they bring, that the, the father and son bring with him on the boat. Oh, he kills him, yeah. Yeah, not right away, immediately, but he gets blinded first. That, that looked kind of sloppy to me or it looked kind of like... Direction-wise or staging-wise, it didn't really translate that well to me. Yeah. I thought they could have done that one a little better. Maybe that's really what would happen. You would fall on the ground and go blind. I don't know. But that that was the only part of the movie I was kind of like, uh, okay, it didn't. But, like, the part where they're, like, the gas is on the water and it starts laying on fire. And sort of, like, that, that shit's crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, yeah, those are the sort of things I kind of wish I saw on the big screen. But, but yeah, Dunkirk was a good movie, I thought. I like war movies, though, in general. It's, it's a genre I really Not a big enjoy. fan. Uh, it took me a long time to watch it. I didn't actually see it until I was home for Christmas. But it was good. Yeah, and a PG-13 ra- rated uh, um, war movie, which is pretty rare. Yeah. Not that I really lost anything because of that, honestly. Okay, so... I could talk maybe a little more about it, but but there's other movies. So the the four we haven't talked about are probably kind of four of the more. Uh, actually, I don't know why I'm grouping them together. There's there's not really. We're, we're grouping them to. together because I I, I think these are the ones you like the best. Yeah, these are the movies that are most beloved of mine. I guess. Well, so the one there's one of these is the most recent in my mind because it's the one I saw most recently. Or it's the freshest on my mind, rather. The one that's the furthest from my mind is Get Out, because I haven't seen that one. I saw that. That came out early in the year 2017. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish I saw that in the theater, too. I heard it was a good theater experience. Mm-hmm. I ended up just seeing that on my computer or whatever. But um, I got to it pretty late. But it was still le- much before I saw the rest of these movies. So maybe I might want to rewatch it. But uh, that's the one that's that I... Not that I remember the least, but it's the, it's the least fresh in my mind, I guess. Is there... So it was like a huge like smash kind of phenomenon this year. It was a random big deal yeah. in February. I remember being like stunned at parts of it, um, just by like, oh, how fucking good this movie is. Um, but then coming away, 
you know that episode, I don't know if you watched it, of How I Met Your Mother, where he's dating Sarah Chalk and she's not seen Star Wars yet? Uh, no, I can't No, well, the whole thing is, like, you, you hype up Star Wars for people who've not seen Star Wars, yeah, and they think it's like going it. to be the best movie ever made, and it was made 30 years ago. They're just not going to like it. Yeah, that's probably true, true to life, I would say. So you say you were too hyped up for it? Uh, yeah, people people gassed me up about, like, how important and perfect it was, and it was just, like, a really good movie. Uh, I kind so, of feel the same way. I, I was a little let down by it not being... Well, there's a whole so the sub, the subject of the movie is why is is a large part of the reason why it's getting pumped up. I think because of the racial connotations, like mm-hmm. it's about basically well overtly yeah. So it's but but the basic plot is like this black guy goes to his girlfriend's meet his girlfriend's parents for the first time, and he's kind of nervous about it because of the racial things in the first place, mm-hmm. and then it turns out. The white people really are out to get him. Right. Well, so, the, the metaphor being, like, especially in the Trump era, saying the quiet part loud, et cetera, et cetera, like, no, no, you were actually stealing their blackness. Yeah, so that's basically what's happening. So, like, the the grandparents of these people, are, or the girl, is, like, in the, this, like, black uh, maid and uh, yeah, they're, housekeeper they're replacing, or whatever. putting your mind in their brain or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously gets out of it. So this movie, I think, I probably should rewatch it because I think there's little things in it that you would see that are really clever, probably, before you know exactly what, what's going on. Uh-huh. You, you can spot them before. The one guy... The I'm, friend. I don't know what the actor's name is. Not the, not the main friend, who is funny, but the kid who's at the beginning of the movie, or guy or whatever he is, like, uh, he's supposed to be... He's not a kid, I guess. He's like... Oh, uh, 20, the guy from Atlanta. He's 20s. Yeah. I haven't really seen it. I've only seen one episode of Atlanta so far, so I need it. He's he's great in that. He's also in that. good in this. But yeah, he's he gets taken at the beginning of the movie. Then he shows up later with the, you know, he's been taken over by a white person or whatever it is. His performance was was really great. I thought. Yeah. And I like the thing at the very end of the movie when the other when the man friend does show up. They set that up well where you think it's going to be the cop and then yeah, it's, it's yeah. him and is like what is he like an NSA worker or something? TSA, yeah. A TSA, right? <laughs> it's him. Was that and that 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 was a good um subversion of expectations for sure and like i don't know if you watch girls but allison williams performance in both girls and this this movie she's really great at playing someone that you are absolutely supposed to loathe yeah Uh, yeah i mean all the acting is good in the movie daniel kaluuya i don't know if that's how you say his name he's nominated for best actor he's british apparently too by the way he's the guy from the best episode of black mirror which episode is he 15 million merits Okay. The one where they're on bikes and there's like, like. Oh, you think that's porn the best episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. That's a really older one, so I don't. It's not that one's not fresh in my mind either. But yeah, so three of the five at best actor nominees are are British guys. At least, oh, only one of them is British playing America. This guy we're talking about, but that is a thing where all these British actors coming over taking our jobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we. Do I have love I have heard actors. some complaints from um, Black American actors though that are getting fed up with this though. Yep. Especially when when um, it's like an, a truly American story about like racial injustice in America or whatever it's about. They're like these foreign actors are coming taking telling our stories instead of us. You know, that's fair. Which, I don't. Know, I don't think it's yellow... fair for this movie, but but in general, like that sort of thing. It was it was David Yellow who played Martin Luther King. Yeah, yeah. is he British? Yeah, I think so. Uh, or he's not American. Yeah, whatever that. he is, he's not American. So. Yeah, so I, I get it. that's a different conversation to have, but I think that's an interesting point. Yeah, I don't know if I would I wouldn't put this as my best picture winner, but it it was a def I could see why it was so popular, and it, I'm glad the movie exists. Like it was definitely yeah, it's great. The, the plot is clever, and and Jordan Peele is like a, only known as a comedian before this. He's like those Yo, key he directed and Peele the hell and all out of it. So for a first movie, that's uh, pretty good. 
All right, and then let's... So the other first movie was Greta Gerwig, first directorial debut. Whew. I don't know, that's, that was a very uh, repetitive first directorial <laughs> debut for the first time. Well, redundant. I think she might have co-directed a movie. I don't know what it is. She but... did co-direct Mistress America uh, with her partner. Um, okay. It's, it's Noah Baumbach. Yeah, Baumbach. He has a movie that's popular on Netflix now, or critically popular. I don't. I kind of get fed up with him. Like, I love Baumbach movies. For me, I might see the movie and like it, but like some of his other movies, he's just so emblematic to me of like white people, like white people problem the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, mumblecore as hell. Yeah, which that I can kind of, uh, that gets a little grating to me after a while. I do love a really small movie about like the interior life of just like weird people. Yeah. Uh, did you see this, his new movie? Uh, no, I don't. like Adam Sandler's getting, getting uh, rave reviews for his performance, which, mm-hmm. which is uh It's not unusual. the first time he's done that, uh, done a serious role. No, but, he, but he's usually not known for, you know, like normally he's just doing his shitty yeah. movies on Netflix or whatever now. But, um, oh yeah, <laughs> you say you don't watch Dustin Hoffman movies? Right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be woke, Eric. But about Greta Gerwig, um, oh, God. Lady Bird, this... Might of at least of the movies nominated, I might put this as my personal winner. I have I really love the movie a lot. Never seen uh, and like every every story is a coming of age story. I have never seen like a movie about being a teenager that is as correct emotionally yeah. moment to moment. And it's so like being a teenie is like necessarily a really myopic experience, and like nobody's pain nobody's pain has ever felt like your pain before, mm-hmm. but. This movie, which is based on her own experiences, it is so yeah, it has to be, like right. kind to everyone who 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 wrongs Lady Bird. Like it is, it, it was a fucking revelation. I love this movie so much. It's very relatable in my opinion. Now, so we're of an, me and you are of a similar age. I'm a little older than you, and and Greta Gerwig's a little older than me. So, like the character in this movie, I assume this is based on her high school life. This was like taking place in maybe like O two or whatever when I was in high school. Or, like, whenever this, whenever she is graduating in this movie was the year I would have been, like, a freshman in high school. I guess you would have been a couple years younger than that. So, like, it was a couple years removed from my direct experience, but it was still very, like, yeah. of that. So, we might relate to it a little more because of that, because we're in this generation. Well, yeah, the Then, like, was... a 60-year-old watching the movie, even though right. I think they'd still like it, or, or a 10-year-old watching it or something. But also, like, the whole Catholic school, like, I went to Catholic school. I don't, I don't think you did, right? Oh, uh, no. You're not even Catholic? Public. Do they have Catholics in Arkansas? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of Catholics. Uh, there there's are, a okay. big uh, German population. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I, I went to Catholic school as well, which is a big part of this movie. So, like, the one song there, there's that. So, her friend is, like, uh, doing a, what do you call it, an audition for a play, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. singing, uh, and she t- she chooses, like, a religious song to sing, which is, uh, yes. Make Me a Channel of Your Peace, which is a song I've having to go to church growing up. I've heard that song, like, thousands of times, and it, like, it was so, like, uh, in my head. Like, gotcha. it's like, I haven't thought about this song in 10 plus years, but there it is. Like, so there's so many little moments like that. And, and the movie was very funny, in my opinion. Like it, it was I, it's not a comedy, straight up comedy, but it basically was a comedy to me. Well, all these last, like Call Me by Your Name, um, Get Out, that was not Lady a comedy. Bird, Phantom Thread, they're not comedies. Um, but Phantom Thread honestly was funny. a lightweight comedy in my opinion. Yeah, we'll get into extremely it. Extremely funny. And well, there's nothing in Call Me by Your Name I thought was particularly funny. Yeah, but Lady Bird, there definitely was. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, I would give her the the win. I don't think she'll get it either. Yeah, but. it doesn't seem like we're going category by category. I have no problem saying Saoirse Ronan gave the best performance. We're not really, because I'm just the women more talking about the movies, so, yeah, it's not that organized what I'm doing here, but I thought her performance, and she's another British person, or I guess Irish. Irish, but, like, I was completely bought. If she if she was, like, a girl from Sacramento, like, I, I was completely bought it. So she's a great actress. 
everyone in the movie is, and, and her mom is played by, what's her name, um, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf rules. Who is great. I would probably give her the, the win as well, and she won't get it either. Who's nominated for supporting? Allison Janney's going to win for I, Tanya. That movie sucked, and Allison Janney wasn't as good as people say she no, was in it. No, she does, she, like, like how whoever does their thing, like how Michael Shannon does his Michael Shannon mm-hmm. thing. She was doing her Janney thing, which is good. Like, it's good, yeah. but... And I I liked the movie okay. I don't think it needed to be nominated for Best Picture, which it wasn't. But I, I enjoyed the movie for the most part, like, as a comedy. I'm not as enamored um, with Margot Robbie as everyone else is. She was good. I don't know. She's, I mean, she was fine in it. Like, she's not bad. She's great in um, Z for Zachariah, which is this really Never small film from several years ago. Uh, I just, like, don't love her as much as everyone the, uh, does. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought she, her acting was good. She's nominated also. Um... The best performance of the movie, though, was the friend of Jeff Galuli, the bodyguard friend guy. That, that guy I thought was hysterical. Like, I almost you. every line he said I was laughing at. Like, when the cop show, or the FBI or whatever shows up at his door, he gives it away, like, literally 10 seconds right after he was talking a big game. So that show is funny. But, yeah, Tanya is, like, a, mid, a middling type of film. There's, there's yeah, it was funny in, in a lot of parts, but... um, Not really an Oscar movie. No. It, well, it's, it's only nominated for these two yeah. actresses. Noms. But anyway, we're talking about Sir Sharon and Laurie Metcalf. They're both great. Yeah, and I like that. There's Every like, one of their fights. There's is... scenes where, like, um, and I can, this is one part I can't necessarily, like, I know, I, um, the relationship her and her mom had is not something I can directly relate to specifically, but. I get, I, I get close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least in terms of, if there was times I'd be mad at my mom, I'd just be mad. I wouldn't go, like, flip-flop so easily like they did in this movie. Like, they're at, like, the thrift store or whatever. And, With like, the dress. They're, like, yelling at each other, and then she's, oh, oh, you like this? Oh, yeah, it's really, like, like, uh, I don't have the direct quote of that scene, but, you know, you know what, which one I'm talking about. Yes. So if you're tired of what you sit out. I'm not tired. You were dragging your feet. You are so infuriating. Oh, it's perfect. Do you love it? So, like, stuff like that I thought was really funny. And, the, and yeah, the character, I mentioned him before when I was talking about the other movie he was in, but I, I don't know what this actor's name is, I forgot, but the first boyfriend... Um, yeah, I'm not going to remember his name. Who either. ends up being uh, gay, which she doesn't realize till later, or she catches him. He just him. respects her too much is the thing? Yeah, so I felt so stupid when I was watching I, this. I didn't see it either. I didn't see that coming, and then it was so obvious in hindsight how he like doesn't want to care about touching her mm-hmm. boobs or whatever. I was just like, I was just going along with the movie, and I was like, oh, it's so happy. Because if it was me, like, and I was... Well, it's also a different story. Yeah, every every (laughs) girl has a boyfriend who, like, at that point, or at some point... Every girl can't. There's not that many gay guys, is there? I don't know. But, and then, uh, what's his name? Chalamet. Chalamet comes in as the... uh, We'll talk about him with uh, Call Me By Your Name, but... He he was great as as the bad boyfriend. The the douchebag guy, yeah. Yeah, he he played that perfectly. Per- that that was a relatable character in terms of I definitely <laughs> knew, knew people that were like that. Literally, every girl was like that boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that boyfriend is me. Oh, that's you. <laughs> Just shitting on Dave Matthews Band, not wanting to go to. So the one thing, okay, here's here's one minor thing that it did. So I love this movie across the board, but one minor thing that is a trope in movies that I can't stand is where, and maybe maybe in Greta Gerwig's life this did have her problem was like this, but. It's such a trope in movies for the characters don't want to go to prom, mm-hmm. and then they just decide to show up at the last second, or they decide not to go, or whatever. Like it's just some thing. Like prom in high school, prom is like a big deal in terms of like 
you need to get tickets for it. You need to sign up. They, need, they like check you in. It's not at your high school. That's another thing I can't stand. At least when I prom wasn't at your high school in high school, was it? It was um, like a different. Venue, yeah, our right? prom was elsewhere. Yeah, so I think they all are. But like in, in so many movies, it's like prom is like in the high school gym. It's like a no big deal. You know what I'm saying? Do you yeah. do you agree with yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I, I do. It's such a trope though that always, and it happened a little bit in this movie too, where I was like, come on with this. But whatever. Yeah. And nobody presented her with the Class Protector Award, which I thought was... What is that? Uh, it's a <laughs> nod to um, the season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where she almost misses prom. And oh, okay. Everyone everyone notices how she's always saving them all the time. That's um, right. I, I mean, I have seen all of the Buffy episodes. I don't, I don't specifically remember that, but... Yeah. We should probably move on from this movie. I just want to say, like, the, the relationship yeah. between uh, Saoirse Ronan's character uh, and her, her Laurie Metcalf's character is the most, like genuine real just like oh you're a problematic teen and it's like uh yeah no of course you still love your fucking parents and her dad is really good too i have never seen something that bittersweet as like loving your parent in that time in your life where like you need to be someone who is not that person portrayed so tenderly and carefully and it is probably my favorite movie of last year yeah, it's definitely up there for me. Almost every scene was good, I thought. Yeah, um, my, my prom quibble aside. And even, like, the character, it is, like, very relatable to me, too, because, like, the character g- g- moves to New York to go to college, which is exactly what I did as word, well. Word, word, word. All this stuff, but whatever. Anyway, um, so Call Me By Your Name is the freshest movie in my mind, like I said, because I, I only saw it, like, two days ago. This one... All right, so we, we still got to talk about Call Me By Your Name and Phantom Thread for Best Picture nominations. So I'm going to pose a question to you, uh, Eric. Would you rather Would you rather eat... Uh, which thing would you rather eat? <laughs> a, uh, a peach that was presented by, by Timothy Chalamet or an omelet that was cooked by uh, Alma from Phantom Thread? That moment at the end of Phantom Thread is so perfect. Uh, I'm definitely going to eat that omelet. No, no, no shade to my boy Timothy Chalamet. Even though that one is technically the more dangerous, I mean, I, both I would certainly be vomiting after, I would think, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, so you <laughs> literally take the poison. I just want to live that moment with Alma, just like staring, staring at uh, me while I eat, eat the obviously poisoned omelet. Okay, yeah, so that, that's obviously spoiler than the Phantom Threat. I guess, well, we could talk about these at, at once or separately. I mean, they're not that, uh, well, you were kind of saying on our last podcast, when we talked about these movies briefly, you were saying they had similarities, these two. Which two? The ones uh, Call Me By Your Name and Phantom Thread. Yeah. And they're both love stories in a way. Yeah, they're both, like, really, like, small in terms of, like, the events transpiring, but, like, the the way they slice open the lives of the characters into just, like, infinite, like, an an infinite hallway. Is Phantom Thread actually a love story, though? I don't know. Yeah, it's absolutely a love story. It's a weird, it's it's a weird love, and it's about kind of the way that you will, you must destroy the things that you love sometimes. I guess. So, Uh, so the Daniel Day-Lewis character is, uh... Kind of like a man-child type of guy, like... Yeah, well, he's your classic, like, Frederick Chopin, Albert Camus character, where you're just like, everything is art. Everything is my art. But also he has to have everything his the way. Rest of his he only wants what he wants yes. when he wants it type of thing, which is not good for relationships, obviously. And then the Alma character, which she wasn't nominated for Best Actress, which I'm surprised by. She was great. But, uh... Holy shit, she wasn't. It's hard to also, uh, to share the screen with DDL, uh... And hold your own, I would think. She so. did. I mean, it becomes that's her saying, movie. So I mean, that's sh- partly the script. But Now, this character also was kind of like a childish in a way, I would say, where she was kind of trying to have... Nothing's her way, but she was like... 
she knew what she wanted, so she was gonna use the a little, a little devious. She was like brandy. petulant and all, yeah. yeah. And, and it worked, and it ends up working. They have this relationship, but it's certainly not a healthy relationship. Then. Mm. So basically, that that at the end of the movie, what we're left to see is that she's going to, or he's gonna agree to get poison and being taken care of her, like. And he's talking about his mother earlier in the movie too, and he like sees her in a vision. So it's kind of oh like, god, that moment where he kind of wants a mother more yeah. than a wife too, type of thing, which is also like a man child thing. So he's just kind of agree to go along with this, and she'll do this to be special in his mind to take care of him. It's very. I wonder where Paul Th- uh, PTA got this idea from in the first I place. I assume his his own marriage. You know, he's married to Maya Rudolph. Yes. Which is very weird to me. But. First of all, I know everything about Paul Dawson. Oh, okay. Thomas so Anderson, sorry. Including his right. social security So number. sorry to act like you didn't. <laughs> What's that security number? Let's, let's get some of his funds. He's I'll hit you off, Mike. Uh, oh, him and Rudolph down. together, they, get, they make some stacks. But yeah, so... But the, the movie... This is one where, like... It's hard to pick, like, one... Pinpoint one thing why the movie's so good, but... Uh, that's kind of the truth of a lot of PTA movies. Like, but it just, like, all the whole of a piece, like, really mm-hmm. sucks you in. I don't know. Yeah... <sighs> It didn't feel so much like... So Paul Thomas Anderson's movies are all kind of, uh, in a Joyce Carol Oates way, metaphors for, like, the current... Don't get too literary on me here. I'm, I'm just a simple movie, man. Not, I'm not yeah, big so the small that events that are happening in his character's lives, like in Boogie Nights, how, like, the yeah. porn industry changes around them mm-hmm. uh, is kind of a metaphor for the rest of, like, the actual world um, in kind of a Mad Men way, or, like... The whole yeah. thing is the world is spinning out of Don Draper's control because it's spinning out of that kind of man's control, and that's kind of a good thing. So that kind of metaphor, I, I couldn't pick up on anything like that, which is something that, like, it is either the last of this era of PTA so, movies or the first of the next one. Uh, I was just so here for it, like, moment to moment. It, it was, like, funny. It was beautifully yeah. shot. The score, uh, if uh, Greenwood doesn't win for that fucking score. Yeah, it probably uh, will, right? I, well, I don't know it's nominated against him, but... Probably a shape of water or something. Was that Hans Zimmer or something? That seems like a movie. Uh, Hans Zimmer did get nominated for um, Dunkirk. Right. Oh, right. Okay, Dunkirk. He could be double double dipping. Um, But yeah, so it was very... There was a lot of funny parts. Shape of water is nominated for score. (laughs) Of course, but it's not Zimmer. There was a lot of funny parts. Like I I was saying, it was like almost a a borderline comedy to me with, with a lot of the scenes. How he reacts to these different things. Also, the sister character was pretty funny, I thought. Oh, she's the best. Very super dry. She's nominated for a supporting actress. I love the part where she's like, tells him not to. She basically does everything he wants and like lives this life with him where like for him to be this amazing dressmaker, it's like Mm -hmm. he has to have it his way and she goes along with that. But then the one part where he starts needling her a little bit, she just flat out shuts him down and he's like, thinks better of it. And then she's like, don't, you don't want to fight with me. Yeah, Reynolds yeah. or whatever. Uh, I'm not going to remember the the line, but it was perfect. Go ahead and do it, but please don't let us sit around waiting for you. I'm very fond of her. Oh, you're very fond of her, are you? Well, in <clears throat> that case. No, don't turn it on me. I don't want your cloud on oh, my shut head. Shut up, Zoom. You can shut right up. Don't pick a fight with me. You certainly won't come out alive. I'll go right through you, and it'll be you who ends up on the floor. Understood. Uh, that that's a, the scene where she reveals that like she does not hate Alma. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I didn't, I never necessarily thought she hated. Well, her. Alma does. Yeah. You're right. But. Uh. Yeah. God. It's so perfect. More indifferent than than any emotion. But I think she did kind of like her in her way. Yeah. So a lot of food. Meta- I mean, obviously the poison dinner. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these movies have food. That's a big thing in movies. Food. Yeah. Metaphors. There's that eggs and all over shape of water. Um, <laughs> yes. And then. 
there was a uh, and the pie and stuff and there was like uh there's a one scene in this where he order when he first meets him and he like orders like fucking a million he basically looks at the menu orders, orders everything, everything every breakfast item on it and yeah the the like detrimental excess in this movie um as kind of kind of one of the central metaphors i guess like the way that he overworks himself and he overorders everything it's like ha- having too much of a sensuous experience like like eating and just like knowing both characters kind of being like winky the the word is naughty but like contextually it's naughty. not the word i should use uh just like being being bad in order to like figure out where the limits are um and when they will begin to be like punished for their bad behavior mm-hmm. uh God, i it was just so like smart and like sweet and um and there's no sex scenes it. in this movie actually yeah uh there's there's just the one scene where she like knocks on his door and yeah they it. go and they cut away uh, which is not something that can't be said for Call Me By Your Name, which was chock full. Bunch of sex. I, I kind of want to talk about Bam Thorne more, but we're running on time. Yeah, yeah. We should um, definitely talk about Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. All right, so Call Me By Your Name. Like I said, most recent one of these I watched. I did like it. I liked the movie overall. There was some, definitely a lot of problems I had with it, though. Why don't you tell me that? Because I I expected to love it, it in, in the same way that I expected to love Get Out. Uh, more than I was loving it while I was watching it. And then, it, like, as I was leaving the theater, like, trying to talk to my friend about it, I, it just, it occurred to me that I fucking loved that movie. In a way that, and, like, snuck up on me. And you saw it in the theater? Yes, I did. Okay. So, well, the one thing is, kind of like how I was talking about Bombback movies. That's his name, right? Bombback. Uh, yeah, Bombback. Uh, where it's kind of like white people with problems. There's a little bit of that with this for me. Where it's a little too idyllic, like the Italian countryside, perfect life type of setup, you know what I mean? These, like, intellectual professor and his son and, like, mm-hmm. you know, well, rich mom and whatever and all this. It's just, like, the only kind of movie Luca Guadagnino is ever going to make. Did you see yeah. Bigger Splash? So so that, I started watching that, like, a, a year ago or whatever. Um, I heard it was supposed to be good. That's a movie I did not finish. I turned it off and didn't watch it. Oh, man, I loved it. Uh, Ray Fiennes is incredible. So, um, like, halfway continue. through, I, I, it's not it's not even like I turned it off in anger or anything. I was like, maybe I had something else to do and just never went back to it. I was just, like, it was boring to me almost. There was two, like... I love I love a small movie like that, but I, I get it's you. too much countryside. It's it wasn't. As, I mean, there's a lot of that in this movie too. This movie I held my attention at least the whole way, even though it's getting. I was starting to veer off into boredom territory at parts, but not even boredom. Just like a little like yeah, I get it. Like uh, and although I I would love to swim in that pool, that thing looked dope as hell. Yeah, that, that, that looked awesome. So so that was my one kind of issue. Like that, at least in terms of movies, I like that was getting a little into that territory. Then the other issues I had were about kind of with the father. Like I did really Michael Stuhlbarg. I think is a, a fantastic actor. I, I pretty much like him and everything. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great as this character called Arnold Rothstein on Boardwalk Empire, which is a show I enjoyed. Um, that was on a couple of years ago. Uh, most stuff I've seen him, I've loved him. He's in. He's also in Shape of Water, which he's good in. He's he plays like the Soviet guy or whatever. In this movie, like he has his big scene at the end where he kind of over explains the movie. Kind of, or he he puts like a capper on it. Yeah, and which was a good scene. Like he he gives a good performance, but his character in general, I was kind of like, it, it, basically this movie sets up like a extremely permissive parenting way or whatever. Which I mean, it's a movie, whatever. But like I I, I was struggling with that a little bit. So I mean, especially the, the... The, when I noticed it the most was was when like the the kid says to his father, 
in front of um our, our what's his name Army Hammer as is before they hug the, up yeah, the family. he's like I almost had sex last night whatever talking about his girlfriend or whatever and the dad's like oh why didn't she and this is a 17 year old kid like yeah yeah that old, that old thing I was well, like it's, it's pretty European yeah that's the thing well maybe so that's just the mind, mind but he is but they are American though you know yeah the sure. mom is Italian I guess but and the mom is like a very aloof kind of character too, I guess. Like, but uh, yeah. But with the dad and the son, the whole relationship there, I was just kind of like, and and then so built into that is the dad's obviously cool with him hooking up with Army Hammer, and that was where I was like, Age gap. yeah. But here's the thing though, it, it watching the movie, it didn't really bump me that much, um, the age thing. But it's only when I think about it after where it's kind of like... Because mm. Army Hammer is like a 30-year... I think he was supposed to be playing a younger guy in the movie, but he's clearly like a 30-year-old I 30 think year he was dude. playing a grad student. Like, he couldn't be older than 26. Okay, but but he doesn't look... That, he looks 30, which he, I he, think he, he was does. when he made this movie. And Timothy Chalamet is supposed to be 17, which he kind of looked like. He, he's 17. probably like 21 or 2 in real life. But so I'm wondering why it didn't bother me that much. But when I think about it, it kind of does. And that's part of the whole well, it's icky. father being too permissive thing. Because if it was yeah, like a, girl, uh, a guy I mean, and a girl, you would definitely be noticing that way more an age gap that big is problematic so it, in a lot of so is it only because it's a homosexual relationship that that it doesn't that well, it's there, different or whatever i know? guess because there are so few like especially in a in the time when it was set where everyone is closeted like i mean well not ever i mean it was the army hammer's character is getting married yeah um like you, your options are limited and you kind of like no one's out and no one it's, understands it's also like, unclear like what? both of the characters could have been I guess bisexual sure 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 I don't I mean he could well, I mean like it's it's set in the 80s like yeah queerness is completely different at that point or well the understanding our under worldwide understanding of it yeah I I get and I've heard and will not be able to articulate because I am not the one to speak for the queer experience obviously should you even um, use that word like queerness and whatever yes I'm I, they are we are allowed to. Okay. Um, so it used to be like an insult, right? For, well, I know it's yeah, like a take, it was a, take back it was the word a type playground thing, insult, yeah. But should, uh, should, uh, it's like a playground insult, like this, when my parents were growing up, I think, yeah. more than when I was, but, uh, um, but like, there is sort of that, that part of that movement's history where people, like, no one your age knows what you're going through, uh, because no one your age is going to admit what they're going through, and you do kind of need that, um, wizard character uh to, to lead you through whatever whatever so it, it didn't bother me that much it didn't bother me in the same way it would have if it had been a heterosexual relationship you know because yeah. that is necessarily predatory the age difference at that point but but why is i still i just can't articulate why because men are terrible but let's say all right let, let, let's say the movie was not about homosexuality at all, but it was still a coming of age well, story. Well, I mean, it's for... entirely... No, I'm just saying, yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. it wasn't. If it were a coming I'm of just trying to think how Timothee Chalamet's character was a woman. No, no, let's... No, here's where I'm going with this. It's still Chalamet. He's in there. By the way, he's American. He has the most foreign-sounding name. And he's, he does. He's actually an American Indian doing it for his best actor. And also, he I, if they gave it to him, I would be fine with it. His, he was great. His ending scene, his best scene in the movie was, the, like, the last scene of the movie. That was, like, over yes. the credits. But anyway, um... He let's say it was him, and then the the grad student. Even the, even the uh, at the end of the movie, Stillwater's on the phone talking to Hammer, and he's like, "Hey, we get, we're replacing you for next year. It's gonna be a a you as a girl this time or whatever." Mm-hmm. Let's say it was a girl coming in, like a twenty five year old woman, and and she starts getting it on with Chalamet. Is I think that because of the predatory. Con- then, I think or? because of the context, that too is predatory. I mean, I agree, but or, even predatory, but it's it's still uncomfortable. It would be uncomfortable, or it would yeah. be like it would be more. I, yeah, I'm not going to tell you you were wrong to feel weird about the age difference, uh, but I also think the age difference was the point of a 
but but movie. also I'm not. But like I said, it didn't really bother me that much watching it. So it didn't. So it right, didn't right, bother right. me as much as that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like what what the difference is there with homosexual and heterosexual relationships? Right. Right. And just the way this movie treats just like the the different like doors that just your masculinity closes to you, or like just just the way the the father's experience was different from Timothy's was different from Army Hammer's was different from the old guys uh, was different from like what anyone else. Uh, just, I mean, there wasn't much of that experience, but, like, you obviously knew that, like, his life was not their lives. Um, just by him literally not speaking, um... Oh, like, the old guy that was yeah. around the house. Oh, he's barely the character. Yeah, he was the help. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, in a way that, like, parts of it I will never be able to speak for properly, but it's, like, treatment of being masculine and having ego and, like, that vulnerability that you feel and you can't show. I thought, I just thought it was a beautiful, perfect movie. With some weird age stuff. Mm. The age stuff is on. Is there anything else that you didn't like about it though? Um, Obviously, you like these type of movies where it's I didn't like any, type yeah, of yeah, setup, yeah, yeah. I guess, which I don't like as much. But I mean, if I'd been writing like a, if I had been writing a movie, I wouldn't have necessarily let him get away with treating um, that 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 little French girl whose hair is perfect, by the way. And it did. Uh, they did, the they did get does. a little TNA for Daddy in there for me. You know, they did get they at least <laughs> sure, got some sure. some female nudity up on screen for me, but. Uh, with that cute French girl, yeah. But um, what what do you what do you not like about her? Or? I, I just uh, I wouldn't if I had been writing the movie, um, I wouldn't have let um, what is the character's name? I don't know. Oh, the I've character, already uh, forgotten. Shelmet, yeah, uh, Elio, I think. I would not have let Elio get away with the way that he used and discarded um, yeah. that 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 character. It was. I thought that was true to life enough, though, for me. Enough, yes. I, it was believable. I liked. I did really like directorially. I guess this would be or maybe screen play wise. I really liked how when she shows up after he he's wearing Army Hammer's shirt mm-hmm. and he kind of like and she confronts him a little bit and he 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 almost is like literally putting it behind him like tugging it behind but he's still like in front of that him that, that shrug yeah but yeah. he's like almost like tugging it away but so he's only kind of half barely hiding it uh, hiding what he's doing whatsoever like he's 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 only giving paying lip service to the idea of hiding this relationship even from his supposed girlfriend or whatever so that was really yeah. clever I thought. And then, yeah. But, yeah, just the permissive attitude of his parents and his, his life is just kind of, like, bothered me. That offended your American sensibilities. I get that. I guess so. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's just... I mean, I, it, it didn't... It, it didn't... Not if there's people in real life that I'll be, I'll be had, uncomfortable yeah. with that as well, you know, and not just movies. So, like... Yeah, I, and just in my opinion... And, again, it's a movie. Like, I, I like to see different experiences and mm-hmm. lifestyles. But when, when I'm looking at that, I'm like, yeah, I don't... I don't like this. Like, I don't think this is... It, it, who's to say what's right or not, but... Um, yeah, I, 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 I think there should be a, more separation between parents, what what parents know about their children, especially with their sexuality and all this stuff, you know? Not not their sexuality in terms of uh, orientation, but of literal... Experience. Experience and details and yes. stuff like this. But yeah, it was definitely a movie I thought about a lot after watching. Uh, and again, it's I saw it recently, so it's more in my head but than some of these other ones, mm. but... Um, so I think we got through them. Yeah, we did. Oh, one thing I wanted to... We kind of got away from Phantom Thread Talk. One thing I wanted to say real quick about that, too, was you were talking about Boogie Nights and Mad Men, like how they're, like, really about different eras and, like, shows. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, what I was going to say, if I got sidetracked, I thought Phantom Thread, even though it was a period piece, in a sense, because it was from the 50s or 60s or whatever, it was so insular to me that I almost lost track of the... that it was, like, back... that it was of any time, you know what I mean? So I thought it was not, like... 
yeah. that at all. I thought it was the opposite of a movie like Buggy Nights, where it's really showing this through this whole changing landscape of the world, where it's just so like like I think this could take place today. I mean, they have to change mm-hmm. some things, but yeah, or a hundred years before or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's like. A, yeah, I mean, so maybe he's just, like, given up that, that burden of screen screenwriting, m- needing the broad metaphor. I didn't catch any, like, I didn't catch anything like that either. I mean, I, I've already said that, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, no, um, it was, like, a, like, just a lovely, like, perfect movie about just, like, two fucking weird people and, and uh, yeah. All right, so that, that was all the Oscar stuff. Then I just wanted to throw out some movies that I saw the past, that came out the past year that probably could have gotten nominated in my opinion that I really liked. I don't know. Do you have any, uh, like, what do they call it? The snubs. Ah, uh, the snubs. What got snubbed for you? Throw me throw me one if you have it. Before I get in. I already threw out good time. Why don't you go again? 2000, okay. for most of 2017, um, I didn't, didn't see all the movies. Okay, so, I don't know if you saw this one, but he got one nomination for Willem Dafoe, Best Supporting Actor, which I think he I, absolutely, I absolutely deserves to win. I don't know if he will either. They'll probably give it to Sam Rockwell. But in my opinion, Defoe, if I was if I had the vote, it would be a lock. It's the movie is called The Florida Project. Mm-hmm. Completely snubbed for Best Picture, in my opinion. Completely snubbed for cinematography or whatever. It was beautifully, beautifully shot. It's this, and I, it's up there with Good Time or some of these, or Lady Bird or some of these movies. Like, could be my favorite movie I saw of 2017. Do you know what it's about at all? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, Defoe is really the only, like, traditional actor in the movie... Everyone else is, like, people that direct are kind of, like, pulled out off the streets almost. Or, like, I think he pulled the lead actress from, like, Instagram or something. It's about this lifestyle these people have where, this life these kids have where they live right outside, in Orlando, outside Disney World, basically, in these shitty rundown motels. Mm-hmm. Their parents are transient, basically, or they're, like, prostitutes or drug dealers or whatever they do. They, they're po- super poor, obviously. And they basically live in these motels, like, as a house, basically. And there's a part where they have to leave for a... Defoe makes them leave for a, a, a day, a month, every 30 days, so they can't establish, like, residency or something it's called. Mm-hmm. But, but all the characters in this were great, I thought. Um, it's so, like, it, it seems like it could be really happening, like, as you're watching, like, characters seem super, super real. The little girl in it that's kind of the main character is amazingly good, I thought. I feel like she was doing improv a lot of the time. It's like an eight-year-old girl, like, so she was great. It's just like a movie that puts you... Like, I love movies that put you in a place where... Especially if it's something where I'm, it's not my experience. Like, I love Lady Bird for being a lot of my experience, what I know. But I love a movie like this for being... I don't know this type of world at all, but I love being engrossed in it for two hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of parts in this are really funny, and a lot of parts are really sad, because, like, it's a sad lifestyle. This woman basically is getting her kid... Like, at the end of the movie, her kid's getting taken away from her. Spoiler alert, but... It's not a movie that can be spoiled too much, you know, but um, more slice of life. But, like, yeah, I'd, I just couldn't recommend it more. I think it's really great. Nice. Um, and, like, true, like, realistic dialogue to me completely, even though it did seem like it was getting improv in some parts. And Defoe is, like, he deserves it to me because, like, when you think of Willem Defoe, what do you, th- you think he's, like, going to be, like, a creep or like, some weird guy usually? He's definitely a candidate to get constantly typecast. Yeah, so, like, he deserves an award for this for playing, like, the most normal dude ever, you know what nice. I mean? Like, He's just a completely normal, like, basically nice guy that is a manager at this shitty motel or whatever. And probably one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in a movie I saw last year was... There's a scene in Florida Project where he has to, like, deal with this pedophile guy that's... Like, kids are, like, being left alone all day, basically. So, like, they're hanging out in front of the motel, playing, whatever. And this, like, creepy old guy starts coming up to talk to them. Not staying in the hotel, he's just coming up. 
So Defoe realizes what's going on and then goes to confront him, basically. And just the way this whole scene plays out was just so great. I thought, like, I, I absolutely loved it. Nice. Um, so big recommend for, for the Florida Project for me. Um, did you think of anything else you want to throw out? Uh, yeah, I mean, neither were, like, extremely Oscar-worthy. Um, the James Franco's real-world behavior aside, I really thought the movie about the making of The Room... Oh, Disaster Artist. Disaster Artist. I, I thought that was actually a great movie. Um, and the Academy's never going to yeah. award a movie that uh, went straight to Netflix, but Mudbound was really good. I haven't seen Mudbound yet. I, I should see that when I heard that's really good. Yeah, Franco, I think, could have... He probably got snubbed for best, uh, for best uh, actor, but... Well, I mean, I know I'd, I'd rather his said. real world behavior not be rewarded. In but way, um, yeah. but I thought the performance was better than the movie itself. Although I did like the movie overall. For me, like it was funny, but uh, and it was pretty well directed by him. But like it could have went a little more into the making of the movie. I thought it would be good. But um, yeah. But yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up. I'll just start a couple more real quick. Girls Trip. I was surprised that I really I watched that movie recently. I thought that was hilarious. It's quite good. Um, not usually into movies with Queen Latifah, but. But it's great. Tiffany Haddish hilarious. There's an anime film called Your Name. That's like a body switching type of movie that was really good. Hmm. Recommend that. And um, a French movie called Raw. I really liked a lot. That's like a, another coming of age type story, but like it has to do with like cannibalism is starting and all this weird stuff. So that that was another one I liked. So yeah, that's gonna do it for movies are relevant. A great film podcast. 2017 Oscar movie edition. Yeah, we 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 did it. Um. Stay tuned for the indie DIY edition of Mrs. Irrelevant. That's right. Stay stay tuned for Girls Girls Rock is Relevant. <laughs> girls Punk. It, just kidding. That won't happen. But uh, I don't know when we'll be back in the queue. Maybe we could do another. Uh, we do also. Yeah, so stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network for sport, mostly sports stuff, but some pop culture stuff like this. And maybe we'll do another Song of Ice and Fire pod soon. Show's not coming back for a while, but uh, we, we can do that. Maybe we'll do an Oscar wrap up. Who knows? We'll just stay subscribed to this feed for all that good stuff, and uh, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>